Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Curtis. We still live in Chicago. There is still snow on the ground. There are still no double-doubles in sight. But that is okay, because this year we are moving back home to California to start a church. We dream of a community of people centered on Jesus, who treat one another well, who are good neighbors, and who do justice. We want to start a church that follows Jesus into the world together. This is the Launch Podcast for Pomona Valley Church. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the Launch Podcast for Pomona Valley Church. Last week, we got things started with just a broad overview of what we were dreaming about, the type of community we were talking about starting, its vision, its values, and this sense that a new church might be able to bridge some of the gaps that people were feeling between them and church. This week, we want to spend just a little more time looking at some specific obstacles that contribute to these gaps and why we think it is that some people are just not connecting with church right now. Let's dive in first with one of the big practical ones, time, that people just don't feel like they have time for church. In the last 40 years or so, being a really good church person has often meant not only being part of a weekend worship service, but usually it means that you are coming for at least one other occasion during the week. It often means that you are part of a small group and have to get out and get to somebody's home, which might mean you need to find childcare. It might mean that you are rushing from work. There are just a few different touch points that actually make you a really good church participant beyond even your weekend service. And it can be a lot of time. And I think what's shifted is that it used to be that the ask was basically, hey, you have free time, you have free evenings, what better thing to do with that time than to be a part of your church community? But now it's more like, you're busy, you're stressed out, but wouldn't it be better if your busyness was Christian busyness instead of not Christian busyness? And I think more and more people are just saying, no, this this doesn't work for me. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't fit into my actual life. Yeah, it is a fundamentally different ask in the world that we're living in with the pace that it runs at and with the fullness that people feel in their calendars. And fundamentally, if people are already very busy, very stressed, and their calendars are very saturated, then asking them to just do more, even if it's church more, Christian more, that I think can actually be destructive. I don't know that that is a life-giving path to invite people to walk on. Yeah, I can remember growing up that there was this recurring Sunday fight that would happen in my family where I would be running late and my parents wanted to be on time to church and we would get into this yelling match every single week on the way there in the car. And this isn't exactly that, but it's similar in that being a part of church becomes a source of stress and anxiety rather than being life-giving, which is what it should be. And that's really not what we want. And there is some element of obligation when you're part of a community. There's a degree to which we have responsibilities to each other, just like a family, that you are building something together. So that is going to take some time. But it feels like somewhere along the way, it shifted from being rooted in relationship and belonging to being more about duty to God and the church, that you should show up because after all, God paid everything for you. And I don't think that that is very compelling for people, even if there is a kernel of truth sort of buried under all of that shame. Yes, we are, we are anti-shame around here, just to be clear. Official position. 
Yes, the official position of Pomona Valley Church is we are anti-shame. Um, but it does, like, it does seem like some churches fundamentally operate like, like the old woman in Buttercup's dream and the Princess Bride. You oh, know the one who comes about? out and goes, boo, boo. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus saved you in the fire swamp and you're treating him like garbage. <laughs> boo, boo. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> Come for the church planting chat. Stay for the obscure Princess Bride references. I am not a witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> okay. Um, did we mention that we intend to have fun together? This church is going to be fun. Um, no shame. Yes, fun. Pro fun, anti shame. Yes, exactly. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Although, fair warning, as this might have indicated, our definition of fun is eh, debatable. But huh, back to shame and stress and obligation. Yeah. What I think is frustrating is that. None of this has to be that way. There's no theological obligation to doing church in this way. And that Christian life doesn't mean that we have to do Christian busy. So I think instead of having a list every single person should do every single week, we'd really like to think about how we make church fit better with our everyday lives instead of having it be something that gets layered on top of our everyday lives. Like an addition to our yeah. everyday lives. Yeah. How do we joyfully and sustainably do life with Jesus and with each other? Right. Like how can our spiritual practices grow naturally out of our daily rhythms of work and family and rest and errands? And mm-hmm. how can our community and relationships as a, as a church grow naturally out of our existing friendships? So it's not, we have to have more things. Or making people into projects versus yes. living into our real relationships relationships and friends. Yeah. So that's what we're hoping to equip people to answer for themselves at Pomona Valley Church, that church can be about joy, not stress, and about grace instead of shame. Right. How can church and Jesus be part of my actual life in a sustainable and joyful sort of way? All right. That is something I could probably talk about for a lot longer than this podcast episode is supposed to be. But there is another related practical problem that I think we've noticed in people. And I think it's this sense that I'm doing the stuff and it's not working for me. This church thing doesn't help. It's not connecting to who I am or what I need or how I feel like I want to live my life. And so I'm doing all the things that you tell me to do, but I'm not seeing any effect from it. What do you think is behind that? I think as churches have scaled and structured in an effort to help people, they create tools and pathways and programs The problem is that each of those things takes resources. And so once you build it, you have to invest in it and you have to sustain it. If you're doing that, you can't then also do four other versions of it. And so it inevitably leads to kind of a one size fits all model. And I think that people show up because they're promised that that will be a space that helps them grow in their faith or grow closer to Jesus. But people are just so different than Mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. And they end up feeling like, well, I'm here for your institution building project and I'm doing this thing that lets you tick a box that you got me to show up, but I'm not actually seeing any benefit from it because it's not tailored to me. And I think one of the things we're hoping to do is to be able to kind of loosen the grip on that to make it less one size fits all. And fundamentally to trust that people know better than we do what's going to work for them. So it's not that we just say, well, you're on your own, but that we can give them options and tools that they can use to tailor a life with Jesus that fits who they are, that fits their actual life, that fits their schedule, that fits their needs and their failures and their values and their joys. 
Yeah, absolutely. Even if you just take the example of spiritual practices, the ways that we connect to God. I remember growing up thinking that there were probably four, that there was the quiet time, journaling, the um, acrostic prayer that went with X, and um, that there was being in a small group. And those are all good practices. But I remember kind of having my mind blown when I was introduced to things like the sacred pathways from Gary Thomas, where he had nine choices of how people might want to connect with God, including things like being out in nature, which I loved. And then all the more, if you take a resource like Adele Calhoun's Handbook for Spiritual Disciplines, and she has 40 some odd options in there. And her starting question is, how do you want to connect with God? And when a person answers that, then they find their way through this workbook into all these different kinds of practices. And I just think it'd be really cool if people felt the freedom to explore those. But if they also had support to understand them so that they could experiment with the various practices and they could find that their situation and their personality and their desire to connect with God could all come together in something that was tailored for them and that they would trust that the Holy Spirit would meet them there. Right. And at different seasons, they might do different practices and that certain things might fit at one time and not others. And when you have little kids, you might need to tailor it one way. And if you're like me, that means 5 a.m. because the (laughs) kids are up by six ready to go. Okay. And um, we'll get into more of this, uh, you know, at at later dates. But the last point we wanted to hit today of where we found that people are just not connecting with church is a little bit more on the theological and cultural side than like a practical disconnect. Um, And I think the umbrella concept we might use is inclusion, that people are increasingly used to inclusiveness in the world around them. Um, And coming to some churches, at least, can be a jarring and unsettling experience because it's so different than what they're expecting elsewhere. Is that fair to say, do you think? I do think that's fair to say. I know that we come from church cultures that tend to look a particular way. On the whole, the churches we've been a part of It looks like a lot of white guys doing most of the jobs, except for a carefully curated rock band that has been almost cast to be uh, multi-ethnic. I don't know if you need to say almost cast. Actually has been cast to be multi-ethnic. Yep. And on the flip side, as we think about the community that we're going to be rooted in, it's community that expects a genuine appreciation for ethnic and cultural diversity. It's a community that does not expect assimilation or tokenism, it really wants to lean into the richness that comes when we chase racial reconciliation and equity and bring our various ethnicities and cultures together in a really enriching sort of way. Yeah, and I think right along with that is the question of gender, where in the culture around us, it's just assumed that there is equality. There are people who are coming to the church who have women who are their bosses and supervisors and colleagues and their And there are women coming to church who are doing really amazing work in their respective fields. Right. And so when they come to church and see only men speaking or only men in the positions of power, or they do the Google search of the church, which is how most people do it these days, and they see a church that looks like all the power is in the hands of white men and the elder board is men and all those sorts of things. My favorite is the one where the men are pastors, but the women are directors. Yes. Even though they do the same job. 
<laughs> but we can't admit that because women aren't allowed to lead. Um, I just don't think that that's an acceptable scenario for people and these days. We've and it shouldn't be. <laughs> it's not biblical. And that's a whole other episode of unpacking, but it's not just about responding to the ways that women are moving forward to lead in the world and wanting that reflected in church. It's the other way around of saying God has gifted women that have not been able to put those into play for the good of the church. And that that's incredibly important. And I think the same is true of the LGBTQ community that more and more people are in spaces where they are respecting, protecting the rights of people that are part of this community and the church has struggled. And that is an understatement and a broad brushstroke, but it is hard for a person who is part of the LGBT community and wants to find a church and explore things of Jesus, that space is difficult. I think they'd either have to choose between being part of a congregation that gathers to perhaps talk about spiritual things or talk about character development, for instance, but maybe it's not uniquely Jesus-y. Um, or on the flip side, they could come to a church. Is that a technical term? Jesus-y? Yeah, it is. The flip side would be you could find a Jesus-y church and um, it would be looking into scripture and caring about issues of theology, but not necessarily a place that you could be yourself if you are part of the LGBTQ community. And I think there is a need for churches that invite and include people from that community to not just be part, but to be included at every level and to be allowed to build that church um, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. And obviously there's a ton more we can say about all of these things because they're complex issues. They're not simple. Um, but I think just in general, there's this sense that people want to be engaged with the social issues that they see in the world around them and to talk and think about what Jesus might have to say about addressing those issues. And they're kind of tired of feeling like it's been hijacked by a political party. Yeah. It's almost like not engaging with these kinds of conversations is impossible right now, culturally. And it's really obvious when the church is just avoiding them to keep from offending anybody on either side. And I don't think the right answer is just to put one side on blast, but at the same time, Jesus has something to say about the stuff that's going on in the world around us. And to avoid talking about it just isn't an option, either theologically or culturally, I don't think. I think that's a good place to leave it for now. Again, there's a lot more to say, but we'll be diving a little deeper into some of this as we get into our core values, uh, especially the diversity value. But this does give a little introduction to how we're approaching this stuff uh, for this particular context in Southern California. And hopefully it gives you a little bit of an idea of whether this is the type of community that you'd want to be a part of building or not. As for us, we can't wait to get started building it. And we hope that some of this resonated with you. Maybe you were encouraged by some of what we discussed on this episode. And if so, we'd love to talk more with you. Or maybe you were confused or unsure of what we were saying, and we'd love to talk more about that as well. We think part of being a community that values relationship is being able to talk about and disagree about controversial stuff and do that well and with respect and in a loving way. So we hope we can do that. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us at our email address, Church at gmail.com. But that's all for this second episode. Thanks for listening to the launch podcast for Pomona Valley Church. 
For those who are interested in going a little deeper into the topics we covered, we mentioned a couple of books and other resources this time. Um, we'll be putting some links and show notes and all that stuff on Meredith's blog, Meredith Ann Miller. That's Ann with an E, MeredithAnnMiller.com. You can be on the lookout for more episodes coming soon. Next time, we're going to talk about a few more theological and cultural sources of disconnect that we've been seeing and how we hope that this church community will be able to bridge those gaps. Until then, you can subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss it, and please pass it along to anyone you think might be interested. If we are able to bridge some of these gaps, then we hope there will be a lot of people excited about joining in. So please help us get the word out. Until next time, we love you all. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.